Welcome to The Mixed Zone, a weekly review of news from the world of Olympic sports and around the rings. I'm Ed Hula. And I'm Gerard Ferrick. Coming up today, the flame for the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics is about to be lit. The IOC gets ready to choose a host for the 2036 Olympics, while Spain sets its sights on the Winter Olympics. And John Coates calls Tokyo 2020 the greatest Olympics of all. But first, let's go to some uh, Olympia festivities coming up here in the next couple of days. Uh, what's happening? Well, uh, Greece is going to be the uh, center of action this weekend for the IOC. Uh, executive board meeting scheduled in Athens on uh, Saturday afternoon, their time, uh, a short meeting, two hours long. We're not exactly sure what, if any, decisions will come out of that, but they're supposed to review upcoming games, uh, reports on the various sports federations, updates, updates. Uh, again, as I say, no indication that there'll be any kind of uh, uh, decisions coming out of that meeting. And it's an in-person meeting. Uh, the EB has been meeting virtually for most of the past year and a half, but they're starting to make the transition into uh, in-person meetings. Uh, on Sundays, the, the executive board will travel to Olympia in the Peloponnese uh, and uh, take part in uh, ceremonies to christen the renovations that have been carried out at the International Olympic Academy. And then on Monday, the flame lighting for the uh, Beijing Winter Olympics uh, with, with no spectators on hand. Uh, in fact, I believe police have been summoned to, to Olympia to uh, make sure that the city is, or village is essentially locked down and to prevent people from, uh, from coming in. Um, the, the Winter Olympic flame lighting is, uh, is a pretty low-key affair compared to what happens with the, with the Summer Olympics. Um, the only one that I went to was in 2001, in November 2001, ahead of the Salt Lake City Olympics. And uh, the weather out there on the Peloponnese uh, in November was, uh, was kind of iffy, very cold and blustery. And I didn't check the weather forecast for, for this coming Monday, but uh, uh, it uh, can, be, can be changeable out there. And then, and then finally, the, the last time Beijing did this for the 2008 Summer Olympics was a day fraught with protests, confusion, and uh, uh, a bit of, bit of mayhem in, in Olympia from, from protesters uh, and, and the torch relay. And they want to make sure that nothing like that happens with the uh, Winter Olympic uh, uh, flame that's going to be lit on Monday. Uh, two days later, it's off to Beijing, off to China, and we really don't know what's supposed to happen. There's no plans for a torch relay that have been announced, uh, but the flame will be on its way to Beijing to uh, sit and rest and think and cogitate, I guess, a while, kind of like they did it for Tokyo and, uh, when that got postponed. So that's the rundown on, uh, on what's happening there in 
in uh, in Athens and and Olympia over the weekend. It's uh, it'll be you know the the inexorable march towards the Winter Olympics, marked by the lighting of the Olympic flame. Well, as we uh, look forward to the very next Olympic Games, we've got a a very far in the future 2036 Olympic process bidding process is uh, can can get underway now. Yeah, right. With the uh, naming of a chairman, chairman, chairwoman for the uh, commission that will evaluate, look at the cities that are interested in bidding for 2036. That's from Croatia, Kolinda Grabar Kitarovic, who was uh, until 2020 uh, president of the Republic of Croatia and uh, the first year of her term on the IOC. She's a, a backbencher, but has a very high profile position for, for someone who's uh, very low in seniority on the IOC, but certainly her her, 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 her work in government affairs, international affairs, really puts her in a good position to be able to uh, handle this uh, 2036 Olympic process. And there's a, a few cities interested. But, you know, even before that, uh, the search for the 2030 uh, Winter Olympic host has got to take place first. And uh, there's a, a few, few candidates for that, including Spain. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of interesting that uh, Sebastian Fest, our editor-in-chief, interviewed Alejandro Blanco, the Spanish NOC president. And uh, basically, you the 2036 Spain isn't even looking at a summer games possibility for Madrid. Again, Madrid bidding for a summer games. It wouldn't be the first time, would it? Uh, but no, it would no, be the fourth time. Fourth, yeah, fourth time. time. Uh, but... No, they're looking at the Winter Games, uh, a bid from, well, they can't even decide, unfortunately, because of the political setup in the country, uh, they can't even decide on what to call it yet. But it would include Barcelona, the Pyrenees, Zaragoza. Uh, well, they've got to come up with a name. I guess that would be a good start. But uh it's all tied in with the, you know, the Catalonia versus the rest of Spain and, and some other things. So there's political issues there that are going to make it a little difficult to get off the ground. And let's say they work out those political issues. Uh, then all they have left is to battle uh, three heavyweights, potentially, for the right to host in 2030. I mean, you've got three, three cities, Salt Lake City. Vancouver and Sapporo, who've already hosted before, and they're all in great shape as far as being able to host, as far as setting up all the technical aspects and having the venues and everything. They're all they're all ready to go. I think uh, Salt Lake City, of course, has isn't sure they're going to bid at twenty thirty or twenty thirty four. They've got to work out some details with uh, Los Angeles in 2028 as far as marketing and all that goes. And then I guess some people might be uh, put off having the U.S. host two straight Olympics. I mean, that's their drawback. Uh, Vancouver, 
hosted in 2010. So it's only been 20 years. That's even less than the 2002 in Salt Lake City. So they, they're even more recent. So their venues are all fine, you would think. But uh, the problem apparently is that uh, Vancouver's in on it. They're, they're, hey, that's great, but they don't want to lead. They don't want to be the lead, the leaders of this thing. So now they're looking at a regional bid. Maybe it, maybe it'll end up with being British Columbia 2030 or something. But uh, so they've still got some things to work out there. Sapporo, uh, the the only question about Sapporo, I think, I read recently the Sapporo mayor came out saying that. Uh, he wanted to get public contributions as to what they think about a bid in 2030. Now, uh, the dreaded R word, referendum, was not mentioned. But, you know, anytime you're looking for public consultations, that a lot of times that will send shivers up the IOC spine because, generally speaking, those don't go well. So there's that with Sapporo. And now... Ukraine has come up and said, oh, we want to bid for 2030 as well. Uh, obviously, that would be more of a long shot. But as you can see, Barcelona, it's a tough road ahead for Barcelona. Yeah. And uh, Alejandro Blanco, the NOC president, says he, he he wants to keep politics away from this if possible, that this is a should be a bid for sport, should be a sports event. But... Uh, he will have some uh, tricky, tricky negotiations and tricky things to handle uh, uh, as this as this progresses. And and twenty thirty is is the next one. I mean, he, the IOC has kind of jumped the jumped the queue by picking Brisbane for twenty thirty two. But uh, in terms of uh, uh, what what's what's next for the IOC to decide on. It would seem that uh, figuring out what to do about 2030 Winter Olympics is is, is next, uh, sometime in the next uh, next year or two. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Brisbane, uh, John Coates was certainly instrumental in in getting a, a second Australian bid to come good to host an Olympics. Uh, What's he yeah. looking at? He's he's coming down toward the end of his uh, tenure, correct? Right. He's uh, he's preparing his golden parachute, shall we say? Uh, he's already given notice in 2017 in his last bid for re-election that this would be his final term in office, and he will step down as AOC president in May next year after. 31, 32 years in office. Uh, he spoke this week uh, to the National Press Club in Australia, uh, an address that was carried on uh, Australian ABC TV, the public broadcaster there. Um, and he's uh, he's planning to remain on the uh, a board of the Australian Olympic Committee as a non-executive member and as also a... Uh, non-executive member of the board of uh, Brisbane 2032. Uh, he will uh, still be an IOC vice president for uh, until 2004. So he'll maintain that seat, that position. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to keep his, uh, keep his finger in the pie for the coming years here. Um, 
he is, uh, you know, obviously Australia's uh, kingmaker as far as the Olympics go. And in the annals of bidding for the Olympics and hosting games, uh, there's been nobody like John Coates to be able to be involved from start to finish for, for, for two Olympic games. And uh, he's uh, certainly accomplished that with his uh, uh, wrangling of, uh, of, of Brisbane 2032. So uh, Coates, 71 years old, uh, stepping down next year from the uh, Australian Olympic Committee. Um, who will replace him? Um, I mentioned in my story this week that Ian Chesterman, who's been a chef de mission and a vice president of the AOC, could very well be in line to take over from John Coates. But we'll, we'll know more about that as uh, 2022 unfolds. Yeah, and uh, Coates, as you said, is is sticking around with the IOC uh, until 2024 as a as a vice president. But uh, there are quite a few new IOC members to coming yeah. on board here. Yeah, and uh, we just want to you know mention you know these these names here. Uh, really, only one of them, a couple of them, will will stand out, but the rest are uh, a bit unknown from Norway. These are the least, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six members who are at the very bottom of the uh, IOC uh, seniority table. Uh, Astrid Urenholt Jakobsen from Norway. She was nominated to take over the uh, term of, uh, 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 of, of the U.S. US member who, uh, who had uh, stepped down. Deacon uh, Randall, the- yeah. Keegan Randall from the Athletes Commission. Uh, Paul Gasol, the basketball great from Spain, was elected in Tokyo to the Athletes Commission, as was Yuki Ota. He's a a, a fencing uh, gold medalist. Frederica Pellegrini, the great Italian swimmer, was another uh, elected uh, member in Tokyo. And also the fourth member selected in Tokyo, Polish cycling great Maya Loshowska. Loshowska. I'm practicing my Polish here, but uh, she is uh, uh, now a member of the IOC for the next eight years on the Athletes Commission. And then the final name here, Humphrey Kayangi, a rugby sevens player from Kenya, 42 years old. He was uh, nominated uh, by the IOC president to balance out the Athletes Commission to include representation on the commission from all the continents. So Humphrey Kayangi of Kenya uh, is now 102 in seniority on the IOC. He's at the at the bottom bottom of the list, which uh, uh, Sebco held, interestingly enough, until a couple of years ago when, uh, mm. when he was nominated. So, uh, so those, uh, those, those individuals will, will play a role in uh, upcoming Olympic Games, selecting Olympic, upcoming Olympic Games, and uh, you know, the influence of athletes uh, so important on the IOC. 
Yeah, and one one further note before we uh, leave it for this week: uh, the USOPC Media Summit ahead of Beijing 2022 yeah. is coming up this uh, week, and it'll be like the one ahead of Tokyo. It's going to be uh, not in person; it'll be virtual, but uh, they will have. Um, the USOPC leadership and and some some of the athletes available. Yeah, we uh, uh, you know we we cover these. We've attended these before uh, when they've been held in person. Uh, two three hundred journalists from all across the U.S. and sometimes uh, uh, abroad have come to these meetings. Uh, uh, they've held them in Salt Lake City. Uh, in, in Los Angeles most recently. And it's a, it's a good way to get, you know, up close and personal with uh, members of the, uh, of the U S team, but the uh, COVID uh, countermeasures have, have really forced everybody into new ways of doing things. And it's certainly the case with the USOPC media summit in some ways, a much more efficient way to, to operate. Uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult and expensive to get, a hundred plus athletes all together in the same place at the same time. Um, And this way, you know, probably a little bit more convenient, a little bit less hectic for the, uh, for the athletes and uh, a little bit easier for the, for the journalists not to have to make the uh, journey uh, across the country. But uh, yeah, next Monday and Tuesday, we'll be hearing from uh, members of team USA and the team USA leadership and, uh, We'll be reporting here at Around the Rings, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's it for uh, this week's Mix Zone from Around the Rings. I'm Gerard Farrick. And I'm Ed Hula. Thanks for joining us today. And let's hear from you. Comment at AroundTheRings.com is where you can find us. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great day. Adios. Adios.